just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Today on CityCast Salt Lake, do you dread the sports small talk with your family during the holidays? If so, keep listening. I promise you will leave this episode with at least two talking points, and it will be fun. Salt Lake Tribune jazz beat writer Andy Larson is here to get us up to speed on the Utah Jazz. And later, I'm going to give you a primer on youth's football. It's Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Andy Larson, the last time you were here, you said that the Jazz were accidentally winning. And I'm curious where you're at on that now. After a few months, their record is not quite so stellar. Is this the universe writing itself? Yeah, a little bit, right? Like, I think some of what was going well with the Jazz early was a lot of luck. Like, they were playing teams that weren't playing that well, and they kind of got the other team's worst performances. I think the Jazz were playing well, kind of shooting to, you know, kind of an outlierly well from three. <laughs> okay, Malcolm Gladwell. I know. All of this, basically, all, kind of all the statistical indicators that were screaming like, hey, this is a a little bit of a fluke. Don't necessarily believe what you see yet. It indicated that, yeah, they might, you know, return to Earth. And yet that being said, Earth is like being a pretty average team and not being like a complete tire fire like we might worry they would be coming into the year. So yeah. overall, like I still think you have to say like at, at 14 and 12, they're beating expectations. Well, is luck, is like absence of luck all to blame for the fall from grace? Or are there some other factors that have been coming in to deepen the pit? Yeah, like the, the biggest one is Mike Conley <laughs> got hurt, right? So Mike Conley, their starting point guard, uh, was an all-star two years ago, you know, now is 35 and, you know, declined a little bit, but is still really good and is still really clearly the leader of the team. Hmm. He got hurt. He had a knee injury in Portland. And so the Jazz have been something like two and seven since then. So I think essentially when you then have to kind of move your backup point guard into the starting lineup, and that's Colin Sexton, he's just a young kid, right? Like he doesn't have Mm -hmm. that same knowledge of like how to play the game and where everyone should stand and Mm -hmm. where, you know, kind of how to read the defense. And so as a result, like you're just kind of some of the magical stuff you're doing earlier on in the season doesn't work quite as well. And and then, Mm. you know, frankly, the other problem is just like the defense has been really bad since then as well. So like the Jazz actually have the third best offense in the entire NBA even still, which is awesome. Yeah. They're just also fifth worst in defense. And so giving up a lot of points on the other end, which means you have really fun basketball games, really high scoring games. But yeah, like Mm -hmm. in terms of winning, it's, you know, obviously you'd prefer to stop the other team from scoring too. Yeah. I hope this question isn't too like insidery, but I had heard some rumors that the Jazz were being a little guarded with the press this season. Have you found that to be the case? It's like a mix of both. Like, on one hand, they, they're doing some really, like, awesome stuff with us. Then they've also, like, instituted some new media policies. So essentially, like, I think they're doing 
well, but it's also like kind of a Ryan Smith version of how to treat the media, which is kind of like, uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be good PR or if not, there's going to be problems. You're going to have a talking to, you know. So if you write something negative about the team, you receive three phone calls from people who are upset about it, which, you know, oh, well. Yeah. Well, I guess part of the reason I ask you that question is because it feels like at the beginning of the season, there was this sense there was it was sort of like permeating that Coach Will Hardy, Ryan Smith and Danny Ainge were not necessarily on the same page, the three of them, and that perhaps like that was the thing that they wanted to avoid being discussed in the media. Do you think that that was the case and has that changed? Do you think they're all on the same page now? You know, it's funny. I think they're basically on the same page or, you know, like, so it's funny because Will Hardy, the coach, really wants to win basketball games, right? Like, yeah. they, they really want to do as, as well as they can. And obviously the players do for their future contracts and for their, you know, bonuses and whatever else they want to play as well as they can. But I, when I talk to Ryan Smith and I talk to Danny Ainge, like, they are so focused on the long term of this team. I talked to Ryan about this and he said, you know, I'm excited about being 14 and 12 and being, you know, having a good record so far, but I'm more excited about having 12 first round picks down the road, right? Like he's still very focused on like, hey, it's not good enough to be just kind of okay this season. That's not the goal. The goal is to win an NBA title, you know, two, three, four, however many years down the road. And so he kind of sees it as, hey, this is nice for our long-term vision. But ultimately, I think if Ryan and Danny Ainge, the team's CEO of basketball, really the guy who's making the basketball decisions, if they see something that will make the team worse this year to make the team better next year when they're like actually championship competitive, I think they'll go for it. All right, looking ahead at the Jazz's schedule, they are playing the Timberwolves later this week. I'm excited because I'm going to that game. Rudy Gobert will be in the house. Yeah. Do you think he's going to get booed? Jazz fans are brutal. Jazz fans are totally brutal. And yet, like, Rudy is is the sacred cow. Like, Rudy is, everyone loves Rudy. I, I think he's done, like, a lot of really good things in the community. He's, like, kind of one of those behind-the-scenes good guys. I think, ultimately, most Jazz fans kind of took maybe the Rudy Gobert side and the Donovan-Rudy feud. Not this one. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I, I think there's very little chance that he's booed. Maybe you'll be the only person booing him in the <laughs> arena then. But. When you hear the soul boo, you'll know it's me. Yeah. I, I mean, look, he was the team's longest tenure player for the last couple of seasons, right? Like, he, he goes back even before the Quinn Snyder era. He was so bad at basketball at the beginning, and then got we watched <laughs> him kind of develop into an all-NBA defensive player of the year talent in Utah. And so, like, I think there's kind of a protected, like status for Rudy, I think, in the minds of, of jazz fans, that at least that I talk to, because he has been in, in today's NBA in the 2010 decade. You just don't see players stay with teams for eight years. And yeah. that's what happened with Rudy. And, and obviously, like, there were some good times. And, and to the extent that they weren't good enough, like, again, it's like, hey, he did it, be, you know, with being the 27th pick in the draft and wasn't ever expected to be even as good as he was. You know, he's said all the right things since leaving Utah. The Timberwolves are struggling this year, and part of it is his fault for sure. But, like, I don't think mm. Jazz fans will hold that against him. Yeah. Well, speaking of, like, former team members, Don Donovan Mitchell says that now he's with the Cavs, he's having fun again. <laughs> Should we take that personally? He says specifically to not take it personally. Uh, so you're not allowed <laughs> okay. to take it. Like, Donovan can say not to take it personally, and yet it's, you know, it's really hard to say, like, well, okay, but why weren't you having fun before, Donovan? Mm -hmm. Donovan 
you know, I, I think, it, yeah, it means, A, he wasn't having fun last year. He, he actually said yesterday that this is the most fun he's having in his NBA career, which means, like, not only was I wow. not having fun last year, but I've never had this much fun. And it's like, right. okay, now, Donovan, now you're just, like, saying yeah. a little bit extra, and I don't know why. I mean... It's like when you break up and the other person is the first to date and you're like, wow, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't have to, but okay. Yeah. And then in their Instagram posts, they're like, I am happier than I have ever been. You know, I've met, I've met my soulmate and everything about them is literally perfect. Yeah. And I, you know, can't even believe that I used to put up with all this other (laughs) stuff that Allie used to do, you know, whatever it is, right? Like, yeah. So I think there's a larger chance Donovan will be booed when he comes back to Utah. That being said, I think like ultimately fans will be mostly supportive and there will be like, uh, again, scattered booze more than anything. But there yeah. is just kind of that uh, a little bit of a nastier tenor there, I guess, from from Donovan's quotes, especially. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. Well, in the absence of Donovan and Rudy has created space for players that are thriving on our team this year. Like, I kind of have to wonder if Lowry Markinen is having the most fun he's ever had on the Jazz this year. Definitely in the NBA, like... He's yeah. It's funny because he was in Chicago. He was drafted under former University of Utah coach Jim Boylan, and Jim Boylan is famously a hard ass. So, like, 
he is like yells at his players, makes them do like basketball IQ tests. Like it, it's you know completely kind of uh, mm-hmm. the opposite direction of like the the rest of the NBA is very player empowerment, and and Boylan's like, no, I will rule with an iron fist, and I think Lowry really right. hated that. He's like that coach from Cheer. Yeah, <laughs> and now like he's in a new environment, and you know was in Cleveland last year, now with the Jazz, and I think like he's kind of been able to find himself in terms of just like, hey, instead of just thinking all the time and being frightened about what the coach is going to do to you, just like play basketball and you're really good at it. You're seven feet tall. You can shoot. You can finish inside. You can block shots. Like you could do all the awesome basketball things. So just like feel comfortable in your own skin. And that's what Lowry says is, is cool about Utah. And even Lowry is not saying I'm happier now than I've ever been before. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's a class act, but I do think like Lowry actually is happier now than he's ever been before. He's and you know, it's showing in his play. Yeah. Well, the All-Star game is here in February. Do you think there's a even a slim chance we'll see him on the roster? If he keeps playing like this, yeah. Like I think he there's a good chance. Obviously, the Jazz if they kind of stay in this kind of playoff situation and then he keeps playing this well where he's scoring 22 points a night and on super high efficiency, good defense as well. And then the other thing that helps him is like he's a Western Conference front court player and there are you know, kind of not that many other good Western Conference frontcourt players compared to like guards, for example, would be the other category. Mm. So like he has a real chance to make it. He's not going to be like starting in the All-Star game. He's not like that good, but he's, you know, could be voted in as a reserve by the coaches. Or if there's a injury, then the commissioner picks somebody and he would be kind of a really logical candidate, not only just because the All-Star game's in Utah, but, you know, because he's also had a good season. Okay, I have to ask you about this recent breaking jazz news, which is that the league is finding Jordan Clarkson $15,000 for tossing his like very signature headband into the crowd. Is this normal? So like the NBA has this hard line rule. It's like you can't throw stuff at fans, which I get, right? Like, Have they heard of the t-shirt cannon? <laughs> right. Like What? So for example, players have been fined for throwing like their mouth guard into the crowd and agreed that's pretty gross. Mm, I mean, we don't want yeah. that, right? Like they're fined, I think it's 25K if they throw a basketball into the crowd like hard. So, and this is if you throw it hard, you get fined 25K. If you toss it, then you don't get fined. And Jordan threw his headband hard, 15,000. It's really dumb. This is why, like, the only hard and fast rule in life should be no hard and fast rules. Because, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, it's just like, yeah, you should not be fined $15,000 for throwing a headband because. Whichever fan caught that headband, even it was flung with them at headband terminal velocity, is right. fine. Is stoked. Is loves having Jordan right. Clarkson's headband now. But whatever. The you know fines are weird. That's so silly. I mean, when you think about how much money these guys get paid, often it feels really skewed. But then if they're getting fined fifteen to twenty five thousand dollars for things like this, it's like, oh, well, if I got a fifteen thousand dollar parking ticket, I would be like, well, I need a raise. Right. Well, and, okay, but like, so what's the equivalent of that for like our salary? Some like $150, right? Like you're still upset yeah. if you get a $150 parking ticket. Yeah, that's and a speeding ticket exactly. in Beaver County. Yeah, yeah. You, you didn't deserve that. No. The good thing is Ryan Smith did say he would pay for the fine. So even Jordan doesn't have to pay for it. And now it's a $15 ticket. And now it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. You can't stop me now. Exactly. I wish I had a billionaire that would pay all of my fines, but whatever. Okay, Andy, you have a lot of fans. Okay. But you also have a lot of haters. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Especially on Twitter, which is, I mean, 
I should preface this exercise by saying Twitter is a cesspool. So take everything we say from here on out with a grain of salt. But I pulled a couple mean tweets that people have written about you on Twitter. And I wanted to give you the opportunity to respond to them because (laughs) I imagine being a jazz beat reporter, like you get a lot of hate because you're reporting on things that are people's heart and soul, right? right? And I'd rather they be passionate than not care at all, right? Like, so there's that. And okay, uh, one more, like, these people are a great point of view. Twitter is responsible for my career. Like, if I don't have Twitter, I don't get hired. I don't, you know, people don't first see my initial blogs, like all that kind of stuff. Like, Twitter is responsible for my career. And yet, yes, like, it is very psychically frustrating to me because people are, are mean to me online. And I have yeah. very, very thin, brittle skin that... <laughs> Do you? Let's see how thin okay. it is. Okay, here's one. This one's pretty recent. It's from the other day. Andy Larson, why don't you get a more legit career than just writing stuff whenever the hell you want? I love this one because it's like, isn't that the best career? Isn't that like, <laughs> I, I can't imagine anything that I would run into. Oh, I, Andy gets to do literally whatever he wants all day. Like, yeah, that's my yeah. career. It's It, it rules. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I, I agreed. I do write whatever I want all day, and it is it is the best. So thank you for the kind compliment, and I know I will now be getting a better career because one does not exist. No. Okay, this is probably the meanest one I found. Okay. Brace yourself. If I played for the Jazz, I imagine I'd be sick of some fans, and I'd definitely be sick of Andy Larson. Ooh, I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah, 100% some players are sick of me, but oh well. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure there's some players that you're sick of too. Oh, 100. It's so funny. Like we just see each other too much. Like it totally is just like mm-hmm. a, we work together every day with the players. And then it's like, all right, I, you know, I've just talked to Donovan Mitchell too many times in the last 90 days. You literally talk like Will Hardy. I talk to him twice a day sometimes. And it's like, even if Will Hardy and I really, really get along, like it's just too much talking between two people is is just going to lead to some times when you're frustrated with them. You know, right. that being said, I also have some players that I have really good relationships with. But like, yeah, sometimes there have been players that I've have been like extremely upset with me for me saying writing something critical about them. Yeah. I remember like Ennis Cantor stared me down in a locker room once and like refused to talk to me because I said that he was bad at defense. And you know what? He is. So, you know, ultimately <laughs> I have a responsibility to my readership to write the truth and not necessarily make the players, you know, the millionaires feel feel good about it. Yeah. Well, on that note, here's the last one. We can't even get local reporters to stop trash talking the jazz. Maybe next season you should challenge yourself to post five positive things about the Utah Jazz for every negative post. Why? (laughs) My job is not to root for the Jazz. It's to just, like, tell the truth. Oh, well, uh, like, why is that? I guess I feel like everyone was brought up being like, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it all. But also that's not Mm -hmm. journalism. So I don't know. Yeah. 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 Well, Andy Larson, (laughs) we love you. And we think that your opinions are pretty darn good 93% of the time. That's not bad. So I don't think, I think that's a pretty good average. (laughs) That's that's an A, maybe an A minus, depends on, you know, your grading scale. I'll take it. Yeah. Hey, B's and C's get degrees. All right, Andy Larson, thank you so much for your time. See you this Friday at the game. Sounds good. See you there. The other big sports news in Salt Lake is that the University of Utah Utes football team are Pac-12 champions. 
They had a resounding win over USC in Las Vegas last Friday, and it was the most watched Pac-12 championship game in history. The viewership was 45% higher than last year. Crazy, I know. This means the Utes will play in the Rose Bowl again. Last year, they had a narrow three-point loss to the Ohio State Buckeyes, the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Rose Bowl is always played on New Year's Day, unless that day is a Sunday. That's why this year they'll play on Monday, January 2nd. The game takes place in Pasadena, California, and our boys will be up against Penn State. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye. I will tell you, Andy, like the meanest tweet. I, I'm truly nobody and compared to like the kind of audience that you have. But one time I was in the middle of moderating a debate and I opened up Twitter because I was going to like pull some audience questions during a little break for the candidates. And so I opened up my Twitter feed and the first tweet I saw was someone tagged me and was like, Ali Vierta is absolutely floundering hosting this debate right now. And I was like, oh my God. And like the camera was on me and I was like, huh? <laughs>